0: hi you've called the mojo radio show we can't come to the phone right now because we're about to start the show but please wait for the tone and the boys will be with you shortly I got my move to working but it just won't work
1: on me. Hey everybody and welcome to the Mojo Radio Show. This week, I know I say it every week, but i got to say this week is an absolute cracker. Inspirational guy that I'm sure is going to get your mojo working in and out of work. Uh, If you've downloaded the show this week, we sure appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Uh, let's say good day to the guy who's driving the whole show, the guy behind the panel, uh, Robbo. Welcome, mate. How's it going? It's going very well, thank you. Very well. And you? Mate, it's good. I've done uh, a couple of gigs in New Zealand uh, last week, which was great. Hello to all my friends at the ANZ Bank. In New Zealand, and I must say, uh, it was interesting over there, mate, a fire alarm went, went in the, the massive building. I was in a 30-storey 30, 30 building in Auckland. Wow. And where in Australia a fire alarm goes, everyone sits through the cubicle, checks a yep. few more emails, <laughs> checks their status on Facebook, <laughs> tweets the fact the fire alarm's going off. probably on. just a drill. You just sit there, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just a drill. It's, uh, it's a mistake. In In Auckland, everybody got up straight out the door. Wow. There because it's just, it's interesting, the perception and, and, and from what has gone on, it was very, very, it was just comforting. Yeah. Everyone, alarm went, it was just, everyone stood and left. There yeah. was no, oh, uh, what is it and stuff. I'm yeah. looking around going, can I get a coffee? Can <laughs> I no, 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 no. <laughs> Can I take anyway, a coffee? So, I'll tell uh, you what would
2: probably make you think twice about that too, is if you've had earthquakes in the country where you live, you'd probably be going, mm, maybe we should listen just quickly. Let's get well,
1: out. Well, that's it. And, we us, and, I was, and I was up there speaking. And I was talking to the CEO of the business and uh, the ANZ Bank, and he said, mate, we don't take any chances. The alarm goes, we're gone Absolutely. because of what happened in Christchurch you know, yeah. and everything else. There you go. But, um, mate, uh, just cop this. Here's my, uh, here's my coin for the day Gary's 20 cents worth. Get a load of this. So, this came off Reuters, right? Yeah. Craft Foods Group, Inc. Mm. on Monday. This is maybe two weeks ago. Mm Said they were revamping their family-friendly macaroni and cheese meal. Family-friendly, right. yeah, yeah. Get this though: <laughs> removing synthetic colours and preservatives <laughs> from the popular boxed dinner. That's so family-friendly, aren't they? Lovely people. It's like you know, <laughs> the, the supermarkets here saying no added hormones yeah, in their yeah. beef and that sort of stuff. Like we're yeah. not putting extra in. There's already some in. There's enough in. there. <laughs> That's we're right. not putting we're just extra leave
2: into is. it. Oh my goodness. Don't you isn't think that that's crazy? terrible? That's just awful. And doesn't it just say a lot about what we put in our bodies? Family friendly. That's just crazy, isn't it? There's
1: nothing family friendly about that at all. There's not. And he, here's another 20 cents worth. I'm mm. up to 40 cents worth today, right? That's this right. is on my go. Yeah. There was a story that I read, and I'll put the link to it in the show notes. Um, mm. It was on uh, iquitsugar.com. Mm. And it said the headline was Our Butcher Explains Four Ways to Know If Your Beef Is Grass Fed. Now, this person went to their butcher. The butcher said, the fat will be yellow, the meat will be tougher, it has a stronger flavour and there'll be less marbling. Now, you know that our property, <laughs> that we run our own beef and we sell yeah. our beef to people in Sydney. And we did mm-hmm. a drop just on the weekend of grass-fed, grass-finished goodness to our Not customers. Not here, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get up that far, buddy. Um <laughs> And on this story, it's just important for people to know we know the benefits of grass fed beef. There's no risk about that. Mm. However, a couple of things the fat is not always yellow. So just because it's grass fed doesn't mean the fat will always be yellow. Um, the other thing is, I defy anybody to tell me that grass fed, grass finished beef will be tougher. This is an absolute fallacy. It may have a stronger flavour, but that's real. Beef, that's the real beef flavour coming that's, through. That's beef flavour, yeah. And in terms of marbling, that's the pen situation. You don't know what breed it is. You don't know at what age. Mm. It, you don't know what you know the supplementation because the yeah. problem today is I'm led to believe that you can finish uh, your cattle on grain for sixty days, mm-hmm. and it still goes on the shelf of the supermarket saying grass. Yes, bed. it does. Yeah. So. My point is: be careful with what you're reading of these stories going out, folks. And you know, as as Do the reason research. I think these two things are pertinent to our show is: read the labels. Mm-hmm. And if you can't pronounce the names of this stuff on the label, I promise you that stuff's not going to be good for you. Yeah. Be very, yeah. very, very careful what you're putting in your system, because um, and be careful what people are telling these experts, because you know, unless you talk to the farmer themselves, you're getting led up the up the dirt road. Yeah, and
2: numbers, too, on your ingredients list. That's something to be pretty wary of. Absolutely. In fact, so, um, speaking of mac and cheese, have you ever looked at the amount of numbers on the packet of a mac and cheese? Uh,
1: <laughs> Good I Lord. I like it, nothing for you there. No, no I
2: haven't. Jeez, do yourself a favor. Just have a look and be happy at the fact that you're not putting that in your body. But anyway, there you go. Yeah, we, yeah, uh, but We've got a we, hundred um, things we, to get through the, in this episode, so we should probably get moving. We do. The Mojo Radio Show.
1: So we, we're going to talk to a very interesting guy. His name is Sebastian Terry. I, met, I actually met Seb and uh, rode a stage of the Tour de Cure with him a couple of years ago, and he was our guest at one of our dinners, and he did a speech on his 100 things, which is him basically deciding the 100 things he wanted to do with his life, and it Bucket was a this. fantastic speech. It was. It was just like it's like a souped-up bucket list on steroids, on growth mm. hormones, on testosterone. Mm. And a uh, terrific guy and a really good story. So, Sebastian Terry, welcome to the Mojo Radio Show, mate.
3: Hey, mate. How are you going? Thanks for having me.
1: Can you just take us back a couple of years and give us the backstory to the 100 things list?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, uh, you know, I finished school and, and I, I wasn't sure what to do. And my career advisor said, you know, you need to go and get a degree. So I, I did. I went and got a degree, and I, I came out the back end of that three and a half years later, and you know, in debt to the tune of about twenty grand. And I and I and I had this degree suddenly, and I, and I just felt really underwhelmed by it. Um, and I remember everyone around me was happy, but I it, it didn't make any sense to me, and it didn't sort of light up the future. So I began being a little bit curious, I suppose, and wondering why I felt that way. So I ended up backpacking overseas, and uh, I did that for a number of years, and. I was 24 in Canada, and I got a phone call from a friend one night, and he broke the news to me that one of my uh, close friends, a mutual friend of ours called Chris, um, had tragically very suddenly and accidentally passed away uh, overnight. Um, So that news, of course, rocked a community, including myself, and uh, and I, I guess I just pondered all those questions that you do when you, you know, you lose someone close to you and, you know, I, things like, you know, why are we here? What are we doing? You know, whatever it is I am doing, am I doing it well? And, I, and I, I just didn't get any clarity on any of those questions. But the the one thing that stuck with me was just the concept of whether if Chris had a second chance at life, knowing that he only had 24 years here, because that's how old he was when he passed away, um, you know, would he have changed anything? Would he have done anything differently? No, I don't think he would have changed anything. Um, which I thought was great, and then I turned that question on myself, and I, uh, I, I basically wondered whether if I was to die that day, would I regret why I'd lived up to that point? And I looked back at my life, and for the first time, with you know very candid eyes, and I, and I realised that I was just on the wrong path entirely. And and I thought, right, well, I've got a second chance here. You know, I'm I'm breathing, I suppose, so I'm going to try and um, prioritise things that are important to me. So I, I simply just got a pen and a piece of paper and started down jotting all these things that I thought would make me smile because at that moment I was unhappy and, and that was the start of my list of 100 things. So Seb, can,
2: can you just give us an idea of, um, of how you actually put this list together and, and how it works?
3: Well, I think when I started building my list, it was, you know, it was a, a knee-jerk to reaction to you know, something that happened uh, of a darker nature in my life. So you know, I, I literally had a, a brain explosion or a brain fart onto a bit of paper and just all these things that I'd sort of forgotten about and things I hadn't really acknowledged ever just went on to this bit of paper, and you know, slowly formed you know 100 teams. Now, I think uh, at that stage, without knowing it, they were all things that represented you know values of mine. Um, but I didn't, I didn't consider that was the, the you know the purpose of that stage. I think retrospectively, looking back from now, I can see that you know the 100 things on my list they they could probably be categorized, as, you know, maybe to five or ten different values that I held at that stage. So you know i I think that i for example i really valued adventure uh, the the idea of freedom and liberation, you know those types of themes, and so uh items would spurn off that um, you know like you know I wanted to skydive naked for example
0: um God, that the had ultimate- to hurt.
3: <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah there, there was it was zero degrees and there was there was a lot of shrinking unfortunately, it's always cold for me, but you know i don't mind
1: <laughs> <laughs> so so this. You, you heard the news about Chris, you've reevaluated things and you've basically sat down, taken a good look at your life and you've written a list of 100 things that you are going to do. Is that, that, that's kind of the, the, the basis of it, isn't
3: it? Yeah, absolutely. I just gave myself, I think permission is a really important thing. Um, I, I'd never given myself permission to fully, um, you know, give time to consider what my version of happiness was. I, I didn't even know. At this stage, I, I had no idea what my values were. I just, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't know what it was I particularly wanted to do until I just sat down and shut off from everyone else and just really thought about it for, you know, that moment where my list began. Um, so, yeah, it, it was quite purely giving myself an opportunity to do that. And
1: has, that, that's interesting. Have, do you think out of this, you've now been able to articulate your own personal values?
3: Yeah, I, th- I, think, um, I think now, looking back, it's very easy to see, you know, the things that I was doing at the beginning of my list we all about, like I said, adventure and liberation and and all that sort of stuff, um, excitement. Um, but I, at the same time, I think the values change. You know, as mm. as you grow, I've been doing this for six years, and uh, you know, I I can say that I've I've um, you know, maybe six months in, maybe twelve months in, I started to reevaluate uh, the list and just look at it and and think, okay, do these things still mean as much as they did when I put them on the piece of paper to begin with? Um, and you know, th- there were some things that didn't, so I, I actually changed a few items maybe 12 months into it. So there was, you know, one particular item was, uh, I wanted to race a Ferrari down the Autobahn in Germany. And I thought that'd be great. Um, but you know, by 12 months into this journey, I'd done a lot of stuff which quite, you know, quite, uh, adrenaline raising. And, and I thought, well, I don't, I, I don't feel I need to satisfy that anymore. I think I've sort of accomplished that a sense of, you know, uh, doing it. So I changed that for, as it happens, trying to stay awake for 72 hours. For, uh, God knows why. I just thought that would be a really good challenge. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I I think trying to understand new are really important. I I certainly can talk about mine, and I can tell you how they've changed a lot. And, you know, if I was to look at my list now, I mean, my list has been published into a book, so I can't change it. Um, But, you know, the truth of it is that even though there are some things on there still that I haven't done, like trying to do an Olympic ski jump, um, uh, I, I, I would much rather now, I think, help people try and achieve their things. And thankfully, that's the the way this journey's grown, uh, it's less about me, more about helping others. And I, and I think that's probably a value which has more recently come to the, the forefront of my life. It's just trying to help. There's some
1: pretty amazing things on here, Robbo, um, in this list, which we'll get to. But he's got um, deliver a baby, participate in a boxing match, do speed dating, save a life, um, bet a $1,000 on black at roulette, marry a stranger in Vegas, run with the bulls, visit a death row inmate in a medical yeah. trial, <laughs> like there's some, there's some really interesting <laughs> stuff here, buddy. It's fantastic.
3: It's, uh, look, it's, it, it, it excites me, obviously, because they're all things that I want to do or wanted to do, and uh, even you just rattling them off, I just can't stop smiling. But um, it, of course, isn't to say that everyone should be doing this, um, you know, for some people doing it, all of those things, uh, it, it would be terrible. Um, I I think the idea is that we all have an opportunity, and we're all different, but we all have the opportunity to to look at ourselves and and kind of identify what it is um, that makes us special. So for one person... You know, six years ago, I was definitely about, you know, this extremism, doing things that just, you know, I broke the shackles of normality or whatever. But for someone else, it could be, you know, buying a house or having a child or proposing mm. uh, or learning an instrument. It's uh, I mean, that's the beauty of, you know, the concept of the list, I guess. It's, it's yours and it's, it's, it's relevant to you only. Um, but, you know, yeah, I, could, I can stand next to myself and, and, you know, quite confidently say, yes, I was a big kid at the beginning of this.
2: <laughs> can I can, can I ask you? It's it's timely that we're recording this interview today because it was only a couple of nights ago I sat down and watched the Bucket List um, with Jack yeah. Nicholson. Yeah, for the first time. And and one of the one of the lines, or not actually a line, but one of the parts of the movie that got me is um, Jack Nicholson's character puts on the list: kiss the most beautiful girl in the world. And obviously there's a bit of a joke about how are we going to find that and how are you going to kiss her and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the movie, kissing the most beautiful girl in the world becomes him kissing his granddaughter for the first time. And Uh, I, I was actually quite moved by that. And I was wondering whether some of the things that you've put on your list that were purely for the action and the adrenaline have actually you've actually found have had a bit more of a deeper meaning.
3: Oh, I I think with 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 everything, or with with the majority of things, I think that's the case. Absolutely. Mm. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think of a good example. Number five on my list is to save a life. Yeah. You know, and I had this sort of idea in my head that I would, you know, walk past someone drowning in the water and heroically dive in and uh, you know do CPR and bring them back to life. Um, The the first time I was actually able to save a life was purely. uh, it was very different to that. Someone just emailed me and, and noted that there was a, saw that it was a dog that was going to get put down in a, in a pound. He was a stray, and they couldn't find him an owner, but they didn't have any room for him. Mm. So he was going to get put down at 3 p.m. that afternoon. So I just put on my website and on my social media, uh, you know, is there anyone who can help save this dog's life? His name is Parker. Um, and, you know, the, the short of the long is that there were many people who wanted to help him out, and that day we had him rescued, and we saved his life. Wow, that's um, you know, a great I, story. I always thought it would be a human's life. Yeah, and mm. it, I, I, you know the stories don't have to be as extravagant and you know things that movies are made of. I I, I think it's a, a really good point you make that you know mm. sometimes it's a, a change in perspective that makes the uh, yeah it makes the experience a lot deeper than you thought at first. And yeah, yeah, it, it does. I'm, I'm thankful that it happens a lot on my journey.
2: Yeah. Probably didn't happen with naked skydiving though, right? No, that was as you said it was just
3: cold and embarrassing and bad <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Unfortunately, it was recorded. So
1: what's uh, what's interesting is number 46 was be a guest on the Mojo radio show. I think that's uh, we could cross oh. that one off now, which is uh that's Should pretty good cool. number 1 I, though, really, let's be honest.
3: <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, I yeah, I didn't think this was <laughs> coincidental. Brilliant. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, um Seb, what's the message you want people to take away from all this?
3: It's a really good question. Um, it, this is, the answer to this has changed over time. But for the first three or so years, I would talk to people on stage and, you know, do interviews and TV and all that sort of stuff. And it was purely about, you know, my message was essentially, please give yourself permission to consider what type of life you'd like to be leading because that's what you deserve. Give yourself permission to just note down the things, whether they're physical things or whether they're just ways you'd like to be. That's crucial, and then just pursue them. So I used to talk a lot about, you know, not only goal setting, but you know, overcoming adversity or embracing change. Uh, you know, getting rid of excuses and uh, becoming lucky. I think there's almost a science to becoming lucky. I, I won't bore you with all of that stuff. But that, but that was it. Um, but what I found in the last three years of my trip is, like I mentioned just before. I've been helping a lot of people and it's happened very naturally for me to the point now where I'd much rather do that than something for myself. And I think the overarching message is, it, it, I use an analogy which you, you hear on a plane every time you fly, and they, they quite simply say to you, um, you know, in the, in the, the safety briefing at the beginning, they say, in case of an emergency, an oxygen mask will fall down from the ceiling. Put mm. you move on first before helping anyone else out. and. I never really used to listen to that, and I just happened to uh, not too long ago. And I and I thought, wow, that's quite incredible. I, I think it's very—it's it, a great message for life. I think you have to have your oxygen mask on first, um, even though it might seem selfish. You need to put yours on first. You need to have a, as I see it, a solid foundation to life. I think you have to know what your goals are. You have to be in pursuit of them. You don't necessarily have to achieve them all, but you have to be—you know—watering um, your, your yourself. You have to be thinking about yourself. And I think when you're at a, a level where you're quite. Consistent and you, you're quite fulfilled, or you're getting there at least. I think you very naturally end up able to help more people. And I think that's where, you know, the putting oxygen masks on other people part of the sentence comes in. I, I think it is selfish if you put your oxygen mask on and then you, you know, you recline and then you have a cocktail and that's that. But I, you know, I, I do think it's really important to look after yourself because you become far more able for other people. And, and that's just what's happened to me. Um, and I'm not special. I think this is something that's true to everyone.
1: Mm. There's, there's things on your list. Which must have scared you, Seb. There's stuff like, um, you know, swimming with sharks, um, chase a tornado, visit a death row inmate. This list is quite extraordinary in the, the dichotomy, different stuff that's on there, but there must have been. A degree of fear or some things that actually scared you in doing them for whatever reason, like being a stand up comedy routine you know as on number fifteen <laughs> that
3: was terrifying <laughs> How do you personally handle that fear it's, it's no kind of coincidence that that's, that's a common thread through everything I do. I, I really enjoy getting out of my comfort zone I you know I, I think I grow in those moments so yeah. um, and, and the, the catalyst for it was is that I, I think I led a very sheltered lifestyle and i didn't i didn 't feel nerves i anytime i I saw fear. Or I felt nerves, or I, you know, my heartbeat increased for my lift. I used to just, you know, it was a big red light basically. I used to just mm. stop and go in another direction. Um, but I suppose when you've got a very specific goal and you feel those things, you have to at one stage just take that leap, and and I did, and it was very awkward for the first time. I'm trying to think what the actual first moment was. It might have been doing the running of the bulls uh, in Spain, which is which again is is quite um, terrifying when you've got 12 bulls chasing you down and an otherwise quaint uh, Spanish. But anyway, uh, and I think once you do that for the first time, you you realise you're quite capable. You you know you, you've either done very well at it or you've done your best, and either way, the result is you think, oh, I, I didn't mind that. I, I might yeah. do that again next time, and then I think you almost you know form a habit basically. So when I feel fearful now and I feel nerves and my you know my heart beats and my hands are, hands are clammy and all that stuff. Um, I see more of a green light than a red, and I think, right, that's it. This this indicates to me that I should do this because I think it's going to help me grow. I've got a really good example, uh, if, if you like. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a cracker. So I wanted to kiss a celebrity, right? It was on my list, and uh, very shallow. And I and I get that, but it it just was. And um, <laughs> I ended up doing a talk at a radio conference um, in Sydney. And basically, I, I turned up early to the talk, and the person speaking before me was Sharon Osborne. I don't know, do you know? You guys know Sharon? Yeah, Osbourne? yeah,
1: yeah. Ozzy's yeah. yeah. yeah,
3: wife. Yeah. So she she was on stage, and 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 uh, and I thought, oh my god, that, that that she's a celebrity, people know her, so that would be a kiss. And I had a girlfriend at the time, and and I thought, you know, I think she just turned seventy. Not my girlfriend, Sharon. And I thought, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, I, and I thought, well, you know, surely she wouldn't mind if I kissed her. So anyway. I, I ran to the event producer, at, who had obviously invited me to speak at the event, and uh, she was just backstage. I said, hey, do you mind if I ask Sharon Osbourne if she'd like to kiss me? It's on my list. And the event producer looked horrified, and she said, no, absolutely not. So I ran back to my seat, and I sat down, and I felt relieved. And then I thought about that, and I thought, why do I, why do I feel relieved? I mean, I, this is something I want to do. I want to try and kiss her, yet I've been told I can't, and I feel good about it. And, and I realized that, you know, by not trying... Uh, there's no way I could fail. Therefore, I would never be embarrassed. If, if that makes any sense, mm. it was fun kind of my my easy way out of it. So then I thought, right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put up with this. I, I'm going to address this again. And uh, at the end of the talk, she said, "Right, is there anyone who'd like to ask the question?" And I was petrified. I was sweating. I uh, I got really nervous. My throat tightened up because I realised there was a perfect opportunity for me to address mm. it. I put my hand in the air and um, someone gave me a microphone and uh, I could only ask one thing. So I said, hi, Sharon, my name's Sebastian, and I've got a list of 100 things I'm trying to do before I die. One of those things is to kiss a celebrity. It's number 54 on my list. I'm I'm wondering whether you'd like to help that happen. Everyone started laughing at me in 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 the room, which is fine. I get that a lot. And I had no idea what was about to happen. It was a complete unknown. And she said... Okay, get your ass down here. So I, <laughs> really? walked, I walked. Yeah, I walked down the stairs past everyone who couldn't believe what was happening, including me. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Got on the stage, and then I, suddenly I'm on the stage, walking towards her, and I'm my heart's racing. I've got no idea what's about to happen. I'm nervous, and uh, and I just okay, I break it down in my head, and I'm thinking, okay, to kiss her, I'm going to have to put my head in front of her, uh, and then we'll just see what happens. So I did. I just walked over awkwardly, put my head in front of her head at which point she grabbed it, stuck her tongue down my throat and hit my lip. (laughs) (laughs) So, And it's funny because there's a video on my website about that. And if you look at it, a lot of people just assume that I'm really confident. You know, the the comment I get all the time is, oh, you're you're, you're bulletproof. You could do anything. Uh. You know, you're obviously – and that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm just as scared about things as anyone else. But uh, I'm just in the habit of just trying to overcome it by addressing it front on. Good
2: for you. Brilliant. Good for you. Great story story for the grandkids. (laughs) <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely although I, although I gotta be honest if she can kiss Ozzy osborne it's probably easier for it easy for her to kiss anybody let's be fair <laughs>
3: oh come on mate don't say that
1: <laughs> said with um with this lifestyle that you are now leading and you're inspiring other people to take from what you're doing um Robo and I quite often um, quote Bruce Lee, the martial artist, who said, it's not the daily increase but the daily decrease. Hack away at the unessential. What, in the last six years, what have you eliminated from your world that's had a, the biggest impact on your life?
3: Um, wow, it's a I mean, great question. Um, I think one thing that I could say straight away is uh, I used to talk myself out of doing a lot of things um, by mm. using, you know, at the time there were, there were reasons um, as to not to do things and, and, uh, you know, to list a few, I, you know, I didn't have any money. So, uh, and I still don't have too much now, to be honest, but, um, you know, I'd say, well, I, you know, I've got this big, beautiful goal over here, but I don't have any money. Therefore, I can't even consider it. And I'd walk in the opposite direction. So I, I think basically I, I realized that there were a lot of fears holding me back and they were just excuses. And I've changed my mindset slowly and I'm still doing it, it's not to say I'm perfect of course, but I've changed it slowly and I realised that you know all these things are certainly consideration, but still do get nervous um, uh, on many, many occasions but I, I, I feel that you can reduce these barriers to a point where you realise just how capable you are mm. um, and certainly you know, I, I do things now that seem very daunting to me and others, but I know that if I have a crack, I'm actually a good chance of doing it
1: If, say, Rob and I decided we wanted to do a list and we wanted to build our 100 things, what's the best tip you could give to somebody to mm. ensure they just had a truly cracking list that just really rocked?
3: I think the first step is is purely giving yourself a moment to do a, a values exercise. Um, I think if you're able to understand you know, your, your, your values as an, indiv- as an individual, and there's no right or wrong, everyone's different, but if you truly know what yours are and you can list them, um, and of course, you know, we all know there's a million ways of doing that through various exercises. But if you pick one way and you just go with that and you end up with, say, a, a top 10 values in order, which is always hard to do. But if you, if you're able to understand your top 10 values, I think off that, um, you know, you could, the simplest way would be just pick five things that would, uh, reflect that value. So for example, if the, if you, if your number one value is family, uh, you know, a list item could be, you know, organize a monthly catch-up with my family or go on a family holiday or write a letter to each member of my family, you know, things like that. Um, and I think that's probably the easiest and, and, you know, the quickest way for me to explain how someone could probably put together a list that's, that's both very meaningful to them and, and something that uh, will benefit them a lot.
1: So what's what's become more important to you since you started this, Seb?
3: Um, I think I'm in a position now where I, I started off and I wasn't very comfortable with myself. I, I wasn't very happy. I didn't feel I had any purpose and I, I you know, Started my list, this journey, this beautiful journey organically grew. Um, it somehow got, you know, attention globally for reasons I wasn't too sure of at the time. Uh, and it was all about me doing this and me doing this instead of jumping out of a plane, which is great. But now I can, you know, I can hand on my heart and say that the best thing I ever did was help somebody else. And, uh, you know, and that happened in a really lovely way. Um, and as soon as I did that, I, I, you know, I just felt that that was what I should be doing. It's interesting. Um, the, the, the first time I did help some, someone out was, uh, uh, a guy called Mark saw me on TV giving an interview about, about my list and he wrote to me soon after and he said that he'd created a list too and he wondered whether I could help him shave his head, which is the first item. So I shaved Mark's head and when I met him, I you know I saw that Mark was actually a quadriplegic um, and he wasn't always that way. He, he actually got bitten by a tick in his 30s uh, whilst overseas and, and got Lyme's disease and it... it Transformed his life. So he, you know, he's in a wheelchair, of course, and he has a 24-hour um, care team, and he has a ventilator to sleep at night. And you know, it's, it's, it's tragic. Um, but when I shaved his head, I saw that I, you know, I thought that I could do something else. And I said, "Mark, what else can I do for you?" And he said via his translator that he always wanted to do a marathon, so or a half marathon. Um, So anyway, I'd I'd never, you know, I'd never raced that distance in my life. I've never run that distance and I'd never wanted to. But for some reason, and I think it's attributed to the fact that i had been looking after myself for for so long, Mm. I just wanted to help. So I I signed up for the Melbourne Half Marathon. And uh, by the time it came around, there was a group of us who pushed Mark around this half marathon course. Now, uh, Mark, of course, you know, he, he kicked it off his list and that was fantastic for him. Um, and there's something that I felt that changed the direction of what I was doing. And I, like, like I said, it was, it was about other people suddenly, something far bigger than just one man and his list. Mm. Um, mm. so I started doing a lot of that. And it got to a point where a lot of people started emailing me, asking me for help with various things, some meaningful, some not so meaningful. And I would try and help as many people as I could. Uh, but I got to a stage where, um, basically I, you know, I was very limited just by being one person only. Uh, so I could only help X amount of people. The progression of that was that I then started getting emails from people asking me if I knew people who needed help because they wanted to help these people.
0: Mm, so I, I mm.
3: so accident became this middle person for, uh, you know, people who needed help and then people who wanted to help. And that's kind of, that's my focus. That's my priority. That's my drive now. And I'm, I'm actually going to New York in two to three weeks to, um, become part of an incubator, like a tech incubator. Um, and they've taken this project and they, they've they heard me speak and they've approached me and they've asked whether they can develop this in, in a, in, into an app, which is something I've wanted to do for a long time, but I, I lack those skills. So that's, that's that.
1: How do I do that? How do you manage to be able to do these extraordinary things and make such an extraordinary difference? What, what's, what's the funding model for you? How, how do you do it?
3: My, my dad's extremely wealthy. Um, no, I'm joking. No, uh, damn, I, uh, that's what I missed it <laughs> on. No, that's what people want to hear, though. I know cause that, yeah. <laughs> because that, yeah, that gives it reason. <laughs> no, I uh, I left with you know just the story in short. I left with nine thousand dollars that I saved up, uh, and I ran out ran out of that after five months in New York. And uh, basically, from that point, just started you know meeting people and staying on their floors and would you know offer to buy me lunch. And uh, this is in New York. I, I I was doing a week of silence at the time. Um, it was my list because that was something that didn't cost anything, obviously. And, uh, and, and again, I was using my credit card a little bit as well. And uh, I met uh, a mate of mine, and he, he, uh, he's a professional sailor, and he, invite, he invited me to meet his whole crew, including the owner of his boat. And so the owner of his boat saw me, and I, I wasn't speaking. It was in a bar. I had a whiteboard and a pen. I was trying to catch up with a conversation, but it looked very odd. And uh, <laughs> anyway, at the, at the end of the conversation, he said, Look, uh, what's your website? And I wrote my website down. So um, I showed him that and, and I left. A week later, Tyson, this guy, got back to me and he said, uh, look, I've looked at your website. Even though I thought you were a fruit Loop when I met you, your website, it resonates a lot with me. And I, and I, really, I really appreciate what it is you're doing. You're throwing 100% of your energy at things that are important to you. And he said, I know you've got no money, so I want to make you an offer. Um, I want to pay for the rest of your trip. How much money do you need? So th- this, you know, this was from a guy I'd spoken to once, like I what, met once but I hadn't spoken to because I was silent. He wanted to fund the rest of my trip. The interesting twist on this is that I said no to him um, because I realized that this trip has nothing to do with money. It was about something completely different. I, I think mm. the whole idea of being in limbo and just learning you know, learning to swim after getting thrown into a pool, I, that was where I was growing. So uh, anyway, I said no to him. Obviously, that didn't help me financially. But what did help is that I got offered to write a book, so I got uh, given a lump sum for that, which was great. It covered my debt and a little bit left over, I kept on traveling, and then people started asking me to, to talk at events. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I'm fortunate now to travel around the world as a a speaker, keynote speaker, I guess. And, um, I get paid to do that and it somehow makes sense. I'm here. Hey,
1: Sam, a couple of quick questions before we let you go, mate. Do you, um, do you keep a journal?
3: No, I don't. I mean, I have my website, obviously, which is Mm. 100things.com.au and I, you know, I, I write blogs, um, which in essence are my journal, but no, I don't. And the other
1: question I've got is, um, do you do you have any daily rituals? I mean, you lead an extraordinary life, and I I love seeing your stuff when you post it. I'm always inspired by it. You're just the, the coolest guy to be around with your spirit and your your, your attitude and and um. Gary is
2: already on the show, mate. You don't have to pump him up anymore. I, I, is, it, is, it, is it still on the line?
3: Um, oh, where is this leading? What do, you, what do you want? No, do you have any,
1: um, just as, as an individual, do you have any daily rituals, like things you go through in the morning or nighttime rituals or, you know, daily, weekly um, things that are the non-negotiables that, that help you keep your spirit?
3: Well, I'm, I'm sort of quite unstructured, um, which, is, which is good and bad, I suppose. And But so there isn't a particular thing. I, I, I don't have a daily ritual, but... Um, Having said that, I, I I do know what's important for me to maintain a you know like a, a healthy kind of mindset, and so you know I I surf, I, I get in the ocean a lot, and and to me that's crucial. And if I travel and uh, you know which I do quite a lot, and, and if I don't get in the water or I don't surf, I, I know I become quite you know quite different. My my mind starts racing, and I'm more irritable, perhaps. Um, so I just think I I just know how important it is for me to have a balance, you know, physical activity, and and also um, I do like writing down a lot of my thoughts. Um, whether anyone ever reads them or not, um, even if they even if it's just bullet point, it, it doesn't really matter. That's important for me. It's a form of, I don't know, a form of expressing you know, things that perhaps no one needs to know. But yeah, I, I think that's important for me. And I also like to play music, and, uh, and and I get frustrated if I don't do that. I don't know if that particularly answers your question. I feel like I'm just rattling off hobbies. No, <laughs> but uh, no.
1: I do. I- what's what's missing for a lot of people today is we don't have hobbies anymore. Mm. We don't have an outlet. And I think the most powerful thing with that is when you say, if I don't get to do it, it annoys me. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the great creatives, um, you know, it, 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 whether it be in sport or, or the arts or business, should have that hobby and outlet. And if, if you don't get to it, it should be such a passion and something where you can express yourself that it should piss you off if you don't get to do it. So I think that's um, yeah, it, it's kind of yeah. comforting to hear you say that it's, uh, it reinforces some of the stuff that I've learned to Understand, yeah,
3: yeah, and and actually, uh, this Indian uh, spiritual retreat that I I, I led uh, two months ago, I actually brought along a guy called Tim Brown, who's um one of the top meditation teachers from Paddington in Sydney, and he taught us all how to meditate. So that's something I've been flirting with a little bit more. Um, yeah. it's still it's still tricky, it's uh, for me, but uh, it's something that I I think I mean there's so there's so many you know so many people are doing it now and the results are just so positive that I think that yeah, seems yeah. to be
1: something that, that's important too. There was a, uh, a research document done by somebody not so long ago and they said of all the successful people they'd ever interviewed, the oh, it might have been Tim Ferriss, it might have been Tim Ferriss for the 4-Hour Workweek um, on his podcast, he said if you look at all the successful people he's come across, studied, dissected to look at performance, one of the biggest commonalities was meditation. Huh
3: interesting isn't
1: it well Seb we're going to let you go this has been um, fantastic mate where do people find you
3: well I mean my my website is 100things.com.au or I have a Facebook page uh, which is my name Sebastian Terry Uh, I guess I'm on Instagram and Twitter and the handle is at said 100 things yeah so people can find me if they want and please get in touch and if I can help in any way or you'd like to come on a trip or anything uh, of that nature you know it'd be great to connect
1: sweet and um Robbo, I don't know if you've been through Seb's list because he's published his own list on the 100 Things website. Mm. Um, And a bit scary, I I don't know if you noticed number 71. No. What was that? 71.
3: What was 71?
1: Naked Naked
2: rugby. Naked rugby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. God help me. No. Yeah. No. That's uh, that's
3: a story and a
1: half. Um, Just so Seb knows and our listeners who have been with us on this Mojo radio show journey is... um, Robbo's a very accomplished rugby coach and in his former days played a lot of rugby. So I was a bit worried, but I saw that number 71 that Robbo would start, uh, that'd be number one on his list. Seb,
2: if I can uh, give you one bit can give you one bit of advice, mate, stay away from the bottom of the ruck for God's sake.
3: Oh dear, well, do you know what? I ended up with a broken wrist that night. Oh, really? uh, <laughs> and, and actually, I've got, a, I've got a quick story that'll make you laugh. I don't know if we've got time. Have we got a moment? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah just a quick one. Yeah.
3: Number, uh, oh gosh, what number was it on my list? 44 was to represent a country or something. And mm. I, I, I'm pretty average at everything, which makes it hard. And uh, But I had to think creatively. So my mum is Mauritian. She's from Mauritius, mm. which for those of you who don't know, is an island nation near Africa. Yeah. And I applied for Mauritian passport. I got it. Um, so last year, I took myself off to Mauritius to find a sport that they were so bad at that it made me the best. This is obviously <laughs> conceptual in my head. So I get over there, and I trial for a few different sports. Patonk is one of them, and I'm terrible at patonk. it turns out. Um, I, I proposed that I would be the first um, winter Olympian for Mauritius, and and was laughed out of the Olympic Committee boardroom. Uh, and then I remember playing rugby 10 years ago. So I bought a pair of rugby boots, went to the national rugby training, uh, to the squad, and uh, I made the team. So we got flown over to Africa last year to play in the African Championships. We're in Botswana. And we, I played three tests and we won the whole tournament. Oh, no. <laughs> Very good <word>. classic. <laughs> it was just, yeah. it was incredible. I had oh. to learn the anthem. I had to learn the national anthem. There you go. <laughs> Mate,
2: Rugby World Cup coming up. Get yourself back into training. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what?
3: I don't think there's a chance of Mauritius making it next year. <laughs> no, I don't think so. If I'm starting an inside centre... I think they might uh, be doing it at time.
1: It just goes to show, though, Seb, what you're saying is it's just that whole thing about um, having to think differently.
3: Mm. Oh, absolutely.
1: And if it's something that's important to you, you will find a way. That's it's a fantastic story.
3: Yeah. Look, I, I think, you know, for, for anyone listening, I, I think that, you know, really, if you're able to identify goals that are meaningful and important to you, and that's crucial, um, and then you're able to marry that up with, you know, just a very strong sense of self and and a, and a strategy for achieving something. I, I I really think you can achieve anything. And it, it does sound very Oprah-esque. But I think the world is just out there to be, uh, it, it's a big playground. And if you're, if you can get into your zone and everyone has a zone, I, I think, you know, I think everyone should be doing, can be doing whatever it is they want to be doing. Yeah,
1: totally. Well, mate, thank you for your time. It's been a yeah. real, uh, real privilege having a chat. Nice to, uh, nice to hear your voice.
3: Thank you so much, guys, for having me. I, I really appreciate it. And, uh, lovely to connect with you again, Gary, after, uh, Meningi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mate, we rode through there only a couple of weeks ago. We, um, we rode from Adelaide to Melbourne uh, via Meningi and um, it was uh, it, and the welcome and the dinner was just as good. But we missed your smiling face there,
0: mate. <laughs> wow, good stuff! I, I love the work you guys do with sort of cure. So keep that up.
1: Good on you, mate.
2: Saying, Seb? Thanks, right. Seb.
3: Thank you very much, both of you. Help us get the
2: Mojo Radio Show on the iTunes What's Hot list. Hit up the Mojo Radio Show oh, and leave a comment now. Oh, and please...
0: You are such a disappointing pair.
2: Be gentle with us. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to draw up my own bucket list. It may not be 100 things, but I'm going to do a list of 10. I'm going to do a list of 10 things that between now and, you know, when I'm too old to do them that I want to get done. And you know yeah, what, I'll, I how about this? I'll bring it to the show with me next week and I'll tell you what I've decided. Well,
1: you know, it's, it's something that Seb um, did talk about when, um, when I've had coff- coffees with him is that um, by announcing it and putting it out there, whether you mm. publish it on a blog or you tell a friend about it, it does give it power as opposed mm. to just being tucked away in your own little um, journal or the back of your yep. mind.
2: Yeah, it'll give you something to elbow, elbow me with every now and then too. Hey, what have you ticked off the list recently? There you
1: go. Mm. I'm worried about. I think it was number 71 on Seb's list. The uh, naked rugby. I'm hoping you're not going to. uh... (laughs) No, no, don't worry about that. that, That's fine. I'll be staying a long way away from that. Yeah, have have visual on Robo rugby, and there are some things you can't, some things you can't unsee. (laughs) Uh, But that's good. So before we wrap up what else you got mm.
2: we have got a couple of housekeeping things mate just um, going yep. back on a few old episodes um, mm. um, you, you'd be fairly aware of uh, our highest downloaded show yes sir that'd be Stephen Seagulls it would indeed and uh, got a bit of a surprise for you mate the way I surprised for yep. you the first time um, mm-hmm. Levi's back on the line mate. oh cool so uh, a bit of a flashback Levi Pookie welcome back to the Mojo Radio Show thank you it's good to be back and can I just say uh, a bit of a double first for us, um, the first time that we've ever had a return guest on our program, and also,
0: yeah,
2: yeah and also the uh, the highest rating show that we've ever done. All right, seriously. Yeah, seriously. You guys yeah, are killing mate, it. Yeah, mate, you're the dude <laughs> about you. Yeah. Good. You guys are the top of the heap when it comes to uh, the most downloaded programs of the uh, of the Mojo radio show. Top ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Leva, you and I caught up off <laughs> yeah. air a little while back, and um, you were having some real life rock and roll trouble, weren't you? The old uh, the old tour bus had broken down.
0: Yeah, it's all right. The <laughs> turbo apparently was broken. Right. It, it's got a diesel engine, so yeah. Uh, well, well, it's it fixed now. Yeah. There's a uh,
2: there's a classic band in Australia called the Angels, who have been around for a long time. I'm not sure if you're aware of their music, but they're sort of from the same era and also the same record company, actually Alberts, that um that ACDC come from and they they tell a great story of um driving between Sydney and Melbourne on the on the east coast here in Australia and halfway between the two, they're um their tour van breaking down and the three of them three of them at the back of the the van and one just steering, pushing it for about 50 kilometres to get to the next town. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> to play a gig. <laughs> to play a gig, that's right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it wasn't that
1: bad for us. The Levi, um, you've got a new album out, right, mate? How's that all going?
0: The album was out in Finland the 8th May, I think, and um, next week worldwide. So these are exciting time for us.
3: People mean by down and out.
0: Sorry, man. By the way, I have a bit of a flu, so my um, voice doesn't sound really as it should. That's okay. We can
2: understand you. Every word it sounds very rock and roll, Davey. That's right, very rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you've just, you guys have just been touring England as well. Uh,
0: yeah, we have. We have. We just came back from England and Norway last yeah. Yeah. Saturday evening. Yeah. That went well. So that 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 went well. Yeah, nice one. Everything was good. The the crowds were amazing. I, we're not used to that in Finland. I mean, on a Monday night in London, there were maybe four hundred people or so. Wow, that's great. That never happens in Finland in any venue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is that right? So it's see, so you're more popular in other countries than your own.
0: That actually might be the case. Yeah. Well, to be yeah, honest, uh, um, <laughs> the coming summer will show, but. But that could be the case, really.
1: Mm. And how's the reaction been to the new album so far, mate? You've um, just for the uh, the guests on our show who are new to the Mojo Radio show. Um, Stephen Segal's first single is "You Shook Me All Night Long," another ACDC classic, mate. Is that right?
0: Mm, yeah, it's got that. Then um, 2 ACDC AC/DC songs, which obviously would interest you Australian. And a couple of maiden songs. Run to the hills. Run for your and some Pantera, um, Gary Moore. bit of Gary Moore, nice. nice. Yeah, that's actually Over the Hills and Far Away. Over the hills and-
2: Oh, Gary you you know what else is on there mate track number 3 Gary paradise city oh
3: nice
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> now tell me what's the other ACDC track You've done You Shook Me All Night Long What's the other track?
0: Well um, It would have to be Thunderstruck Or mm-hmm. it had to
2: be Thunderstruck The infamous one The infamous one Yeah, yeah. Absolutely
1: You've been
0: Thunderstruck
1: Thunderstruck You've had Almost 13 Billion views The uh, Thunderstruck On YouTube Mate That's um, That's That's an Incredible Amount of downloads, do you think that's contributing and driving your success?
0: It has to, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, loads of people wouldn't know a thing about us without Thunderstruck. I mean, the rest of our videos yeah. haven't gotten nearly as much hits in YouTube, so that's probably because it's such a big crossover hit everywhere apparently.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. So, um, listen, mate. Did you um, did you have a uh, a chat to the band about our suggestion about Long Way to the Top? Mate, I'm still waiting to hear bad banjos instead of bagpipes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man, that would be would be something. I think I mentioned it to the guys and they all well, took it pretty well. We, we might actually do that. We need a couple of more ACDC covers yeah. our, to our next album if we ever, ever get to make one. And did you also mention
1: to the band that when you do do A Long Way to the Top, you want to rock and roll? That you would officially mm-hmm. announce it and launch it on the Mojo Radio Show. How'd the guys react to that bit? <laughs> uh, no, I can't
0: promise anything, but let's. Uh, the tire will
2: tell. I was going to say, Gary, the poor man's sick enough. Don't make it worse for He's us. He's <laughs> still on the fence.
1: We've got to get him over the line. The tire will tell. Um, just, just an interesting thing, um, Levi, with, with the success of the band through the amount of um, social media exposure you've had, getting signed to a record label, doing an album. Has the success of the band had an impact on the band? Has anything changed within the band, do you think?
0: Um We're travelling more. <laughs> that's a good thing. More gigs. <laughs> and travelling abroad. More. Working harder. Yeah. yeah, that's about the only thing for now, at least. To be honest, we don't didn't really have bigger success before but we've been making a living out of music for so long that we're kind of used to touring but yeah. well, only touring Finland so touring abroad is a new thing for us
2: I'm talking of touring mate I'm just looking at the gigs page on your website you guys are chockers oh. you got Sweden Finland Germany uh, CH is that Czechoslovakia? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah or or Norway Czech Republic these days Czech Republic yeah Norway then back to the UK and then Russia in October
0: yep yeah, yeah. Wow. So it seems we have, I think, two or three shows in Russia.
2: Fantastic.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm really looking forward to all of those. You started doing any writing, Levi? Um, yeah, we're we're trying to get there. Um, mm. We're we're working on some ideas, and mm. um, let's let's just see how those fly, how it goes.
2: Now, listen, I've got yeah, one right more on? question for you, Levi, about the website. I was yeah. um, confronted when I went there with a fantastic quote uh, on the homepage. Uh, it says, uh-huh. "My ears twinkle,s my nipples hurt." Earl H. Kelper. <laughs> <laughs> firstly, <Yeah. laughs> firstly, who is Earl H. Kel- help Kelper? But secondly, is that quote in regards to your music? Because if it is, I wholeheartedly agree.
0: <laughs> um, it, it was actually a part of or a comment from our competition on our Facebook page. that right? Um, that we ask people to send post comments. Yeah. to use on our website. We yeah. change that sometimes. So the, we picked up a top three, and this was the second, I think.
2: I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. We, we love it too, obviously. Yeah, yeah.
1: Gary, how are your nipples, mate? Uh, they're a little bit erect at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Being a fan of the band, you know,
2: and all. Absolutely. So listen, Levi, the, the million-dollar question, mate, We um we're all still waiting to see you down here, down under. Any chance of that? Well, obviously not till after October, but um, how's that looking?
0: Yeah, well, the management actually seemed a bit hopeful about that. We we might wow. come to Australia next year, next year, but yeah. they're trying to, trying to sort, out, sort something out for maybe next January, February, Brilliant. something like that. For our summer. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be something. I mean, I've never been there myself.
1: Mm. Well, we know... Um Based on our show, you have a pretty good um, fan base here in Australia, mate. And because you are so big on the ACDC tracks, I'm sure if you came down under, mate, you'd make a pretty big noise down here. I think I think we'd, uh, us Aussies would love mm, it. Definitely.
0: Well, <laughs> here's hoping. I mean, it would be really fantastic to come there. And New Zealand at the same time, though, Yeah. Peace. Crazy. yeah, right, but it's such a long way, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a long yeah,
2: way, yeah.
1: You know, you know, Levi, it's a long way to the top. You want to rock and roll, my yeah, that's friend? Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, to, man, to be honest, most of my rocking this week would involve a rocking chair, shipping tea <laughs> under a blanket. <laughs> 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 uh, we might let you get back to bed, buddy.
2: Absolutely. All right, it's,
0: it's been a pleasure.
2: Yeah, thanks again so much for your time, mate. Yeah, thanks. And listen, uh, we might, just before you go, well, just as you go, we might play out with uh, a little bit of the single, which um, I believe can be, the whole album can be downloaded on iTunes. Is that correct, mate?
0: Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. And they ship physical CDs and vinyl around the world, I think, now. Okay. Well, and- look, I oh, really? But some other... Maybe Amazon, has
2: it? Amazon, okay. Well, we'll we'll put that in our show notes as well, Gaz. Absolutely. And uh, folks, do yourself a favour, jump onto uh, stephenseagulls.com and buy yourself a Mm T-shirt or a a, a hoodie to get the colours for Stephen Seagulls out there, folks. Yeah, they have
0: T-shirts, stuff
2: like
0: that, but... Mainly, it's the
2: albums. Brilliant. Mate, thanks again for your time. All right, thank thank you. Thanks for having me. Chicken soup and orange juice, mate. My grandmother's revenue. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I will. I will. I will. Cheers, man. Good luck.
3: Cheers. I was caught in the middle of railroad track.
1: They're a cool band. I like these guys. They're great, aren't they?
2: They're they are so great. cool.
1: Brilliant. Yeah. Nice to catch up with the boys. They're Absolutely. going really well too. It just goes to reinforce how powerful social media is as a broadcast yeah. medium, if
2: used yeah. correctly. Big lesson there, isn't it, from those guys? Definitely. Big
1: lesson. Um, In fact, I saw just this morning, Robbo, I saw there's a new clip they've got on YouTube, which has had mm, 2 million downloads, and I think it's only been wow. out for a week. Yeah. That's
2: insane, isn't it? That's yeah. just craziness. But, um, very it's a popular far guys.
1: cry from uh, far cry from sitting down watching uh, Molly Meldrum on Countdown, where <laughs> bands were scraping <laughs> together a couple of coins to make a clip, and you had one music show. Now you've got this amazing uh, videos and YouTubes yeah. and iTunes and Stitcher and Absolutely. everything that we are, th- we- everything we are, you and I are thankful for. So, uh,
2: another quick episode update, Mr. Burt. We're still episode twenty three. Yep. Rick Price. He, yes, sir, uh, he yeah, he funded his new album through the Pledge Music campaign, and uh, we had a good chat to him about how that all worked and and his uh, his creative thinking and all that sort of stuff. His new album is out July 10 on iTunes, Amazon, and through record stores. We at the Mojo Radio Show Studios have been given a bit of a sneak peek at the new album, Gaz. Ten tracks. Wow. Right. We're sounding like a
1: real radio station,
2: aren't we? We are turning like a real radio station, and even more so, just like the old days. Even more so, we're going to have some copies to give away in the next month or so.
1: So make sure you keep listening. There's actually a learning in this stuff that Rick Price has done. Is that he funded the album through Pledge Music, Mm. and many entrepreneurs now are raising very good amounts of money to start off their business through through Kickstarter and Mm. Indiegogo. Mm. So it's just another example of how you know young business brains and ideas can come to light when thinking differently about fundraising for their rough so it's yeah. um it's a good story it's great isn't it so i
2: reckon uh, to finish off the show mate we should uh, have a listen to 30 seconds or so of the new right. single and we'll catch everyone next week eh right Out. cheers
1: Get it for the land.
0: brother come and take my hand sister can you see the through the darkest night. Oh.
2: Andrew Peter speaking.